Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We're a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason, and today with me is Alex. Hello, Jason. Hello, everybody. This is Alex. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. So I wanted to talk about hospitals. You know, we've talked about the medical system before, but according to Wave 3, that's the number 3.com, a hospital employee called the newsroom in Kentucky claiming security wheel, quote, wheeled an elderly woman all the way out to the corner of Hancock and Ali street names, just off hospital property, dumped the woman out of the wheelchair on the sidewalk and left. The caller claimed she saw this a lot. I always thought hospitals were, you know, legally required to offer medical services in the United States, but I guess this is not the case exactly in some cases because I actually watched the video of this also. And basically, mm. this woman could no longer pay her bill. This so the security put her in a wheelchair, wheeled her to the corner and just dumped her on the sidewalk and left because they were like, okay, she can't pay her bills and she's basically using the hospital as a live-in center now. And, you know... She we can't provide her mm. care to the end of her death here. So instead of providing her with social services or whatever, I don't know what the system is in the United States. They yeah, just, they just I was about to her say. on the street. And this happens literally the caller works at the hospital, by the way, that's later in the article. And the caller claims she saw this a lot. This is like horrible. It's a very horrifying image to have in your mind. Imagine if you're at that age where you can't take care of yourself and then for some reason you can't pay hospital bill as well. And you just got tossed out of the hospital and you can't walk like, you know. That's it's terrifying. You know, in China, well, I, was, I think there's sayings in, in other countries as well that the doctors and nurses, they are to save and help. But I don't see how this is saving or helping, you know, Jason? Well, you know, this confuses me. I mean, there's so many different layers of things I want to mention, talk about questions I have for like different people, congresspersons and like local leaders and hospital administrators. I have so much that I want to understand about this because it's so confusing. Firstly, in California... Mm. My brother told me, and this is the one of the reasons he dislikes California, and one of the reasons I like California, is that California, okay. after a certain age and when you need help, will provide you with a place to stay. They have housing for, you know, people with nowhere to go who are elderly. Clearly, in San Francisco and Los Angeles, they don't have it for everyone because there's, home, you know, mass homelessness. But for people who are elderly and need care, there are retirement packages available for California residents and, you know, even... Even people who have been irresponsible their whole life and have no savings can still end up in some kind of care facility. So I guess, you know, the United States is 49 states. Mm. So each state has different yeah. rules. So understanding this problem isn't so easy as just saying, okay, yes, this is the law. This is why it's not working. Because there are 49 sets of completely different laws and completely different sets yeah. of circumstances in trying to understand this. I 
thought, and I do think this is still true, that if you need emergency medical care, we're going to talk about this later in the show, I have uh, Mm. some information about it, that hospitals are legally required to help you. But I guess when you're like a 79-year-old old lady who can't walk, then it's no longer emergency care by the definition. The hospital is a private institution What's wants to make money. They've met their legal requirements. But you would think the bare minimum just human. I mean, firstly, you would assume and hope that people who work in places like hospitals or schools, right, they care about people. So you would assume that they would want to put her somewhere where you know, she could be looked after minimum, right? you know, I mean, okay, even put her in a park on a bench. I mean, but just dumping her on the sidewalk better than just dumping her on the ground. It's just so inhumane. Yeah. It's like just the worst of the worst. Like, yeah, I mean, you, wow. rules, yeah, rules are rules. But I think when it comes to, you know, either little babies or the elderly people who can't really take care of themselves, there's always the basic humanity, like you mentioned, like think about the fact that they can't do it anymore it's not like they're perfectly capable uh middle-aged adults and they're not paying hospital bills out of like vicious intent they're just like we don't want to pay for this this should be even if of course there should be very robust and wholesome policies here for people to get good medical care and i love the fact that and i'll ask a question there but i love the fact that there are exceptions for the elderly in California, like they can get healthcare. But even without these rules, without these policies, think about yourself when you're old, you know, do to, how do you say that? Do unto others what you want to happen to you, right? Right. Well, you know, I'm just imagining, okay, if you're in a big city like Los Angeles, firstly, there are homeless care facilities for homeless people. And they try to give priority to people, from what I understand, to people who come early. Yeah. But if you're a hospital and you're dumping elderly people on the sidewalk, maybe your first thought should be, I could call one of these facilities and explain the situation and ask for them to provide a room for this old lady or old man, right? Okay, we have this elderly patient. They just got out of surgery. We offered them emergency medical services. Now we have nowhere to... If we sent them over to you, would you please give them a room for however long until maybe they're able to walk or find a relative or something? Like You would assume that hospital would have some kind of interest in taking care of this human being in a small town, conversely, because I'm trying to cover a lot of bases here. Maybe you call a local church or a local community center or a local official, a city council member, and ask them, hey, we have this person in this condition. What can we do for them? Somebody at some point has got to say, okay, we'll find somewhere where this old person can be. But just literally dumping them on the sidewalk. I can't believe that the United States is supposedly the wealthiest nation in the world, maybe second, depending on how you measure it. But like, just dumping the elderly on the sidewalk? I mean, what is going to become of these people? Really, are they just expected to crawl away and find like somewhere to die? This is abominable. Look, I'm now going to function like the comment section of this thread, you know, if this was a post on (laughs) on X. And I know it's easier for Jason and I or anyone to sit here and just say we should treat them better. And I know there are going to be people that are going to argue the cases and say, hey, we've all seen these horrible patient cases in Grey's Anatomy and all of these, you know, hospital shows, doctors shows and stuff, and they really push you or maybe like you don't know the backstory. Yeah, 
yada, yada, yada. But hey, at the end of the day, the subject or the main person of interest in this case is an elderly person. And even though there were precedents or other backstories that, you know, what kind of person that's 79 years old sitting in a wheelchair could possibly do that's so horrible to the hospital that they have to treat them like a drunk person in a bar and you have to throw them out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I also think, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, you know, these are the reasons why this is happening. Yeah. And this is these are the legal. You know, I think that that is a terrible response. Yes, I, think I agree. A better response would be like the system is broken. Yeah. We need to change the system. So what are the steps we need to take between now and the system being to fix it? But the problem is it doesn't ever seem to get fixed. And this is the frustration about being an American is that our very great at identifying problem. And we have lists and lists and lists of things <laughs> that are wrong with our society. And we want yeah. and most people agree that we need to correct these things. Then in terms of going and solving those problems, it just never happens. Like, OK, for example, I think mm. the movie about the healthcare industry by Michael Moore came out 20 years ago. Obama came yeah. into office and he made Passed some laws and basically mm. the system continued, you know, slightly different version of that. And only 95% of Americans still have like healthcare now. So we're still dealing with 5% of Americans, which is like 15 or 20 million people who don't have healthcare. Mm. So that's just to get medical care. That's just to get to see a doctor. This is not including things like I don't, elderly care and like yeah. child care or anything. This is just very narrowly defined. I broke my leg. Who's going to pay for it? And we still have people who are not covered. Yeah. We still have a system that's broken. Instead of dealing with it like a lot, you know, China is not a universal healthcare country. No. There are countries that are universal healthcare, and some of those countries they mm. also complain they have different kinds of problem. Like there's a joke, there's mm. a meme that has an American flag, a Canadian flag, and a British flag. And they're like, you know, these yeah. are the way I, okay, I have cancer. You have cancer, sir. This is a doctor standing there. You have cancer, sir. In America, you don't have health care. Goodbye. And then it shows the UK flag. Okay, you have cancer. You need surgery. <laughs> we'll start the surgery in nine months. And then there's one in Canada. Oh, you, sir, you have cancer. Yeah. Uh, would you like to die? Because in Canada, they actually oh, offer, gosh. this is the true, this is the actual reality. They offer uh. suicide as an option for medical care in Canada now. So China does not have universal care. It has mm. a mix of all these different kinds of systems. It has private and it has almost universal care for yeah. everyone. So what that means is almost every single person in the country, we're talking about 98% of people, can just go to a hospital with their working card where they pay into a system or their employer pays into a system that is a universal-like system and they can get medical care for pretty much anything. Some people who are not covered yeah. because they're not workers can still go to clinics. And there are specific services for people in the countryside where there are hospitals available or local government. So they are actually really covered. And then you also have private medical care. So you have private medical care and universal, almost universal yeah. coverage. And I have never personally had a problem. I've talked to a lot of yeah. other people who have used the facilities. I have private, but I also have public. And you know what? I never never use my private card. It sits in a drawer and like my old wallet because people don't need wallets anymore. And so it, I never take my wallet out of the drawer. Yeah. But I go to the same care facility that Chinese people <laughs> go to. I go to the public hospital with my worker card and I get that care because it's actually 
better, in my opinion. I want to compare people who don't understand. Mm. So in my first two or three years here, I had private company. I'm not going to say the name of the company. Yeah. My company that I worked for at that time said, oh, you should use private. It's way better. So, okay. I was like, all right. Mm. So I'd go to a clinic and there would be a waiting room with a fishbowl. And I'd be like, there'd be very few people there. And they had very nice facility. They have elaborate decorations is my point. They have a big fishbowl with like, you know, giant fish swimming <laughs> around. And someone would speak in English to me and tell me everything's going to be okay. okay. And the pharmacy was right there. And like, I was like, okay, fine. And then they would say, oh, here's the bill. And it's like 5,000 RMB, but you have a 10% copay. So it's only like 500 or whatever. Okay, great, I guess. And then I'd leave. And then I did that for my first few years when I got sick and things. And then I also had and have, you know, Chinese people's insurance. Mm. And I went to, I can't remember when the first time I went was, but I went to one of the hospitals in Beijing. Uh, You know, since then I've been been to the hospital in in Wuhan and I have a hospital near my home now in Beijing again. And uh, you go in and there's lots of people there, but you get in a very short line and they give you a ticket and then you see a doctor within minutes and that doctor looks at your problem and addresses your problem really quickly. And then you go to like two or three rooms to get two or three different tests along with other people who Mm. are following this ticket system. And then they give you your medicine and you're done. So you actually spend like, I don't know, a quarter of the time and the doctor sees Mm -hmm. a billion like patients. But because they do, they are probably way better at assessing what's wrong with you. And I've always had the best outcome using the people's insurance at the busy hospital instead of the private insurance where they give you a cup of hot water and yeah. you watch fish swim for 20 minutes while you're waiting to get in and then everyone's very, very polite to you. I would much rather use the people's insurance every time. So I tried <laughs> to get my current employer to cancel yeah. my private insurance, but they would just refuse. Because it's expensive too. There's a rule that for this company Uh, that if you're a foreigner, you have to have private insurance. They just keep throwing money away, burning this money, because I will never go to one of those private hospitals again, Mm. because the big hospitals, they have everything. I mean, they have, you know, dermatologists and leprosy clinics. I don't know. I guess, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, they have every single kind of department in the hospital that you could ever imagine. Of course. You know, whatever's wrong with you, you're going to be there already. You know, if you go to these private clinics, they're going to be like, oh, we need to outpatient service you to some other place or refer you or whatever yeah and it's like uh no like you know a big chinese hospital like for the people they have everything go, yeah. yeah they have everything they have every kind of piece of medical equipment known to humankind they have every kind of and so what frustrates me mm. is that this makes a lot of Chinese people really happy. But what frustrates me about the situation where they're dumping old ladies on the sidewalk in America is I don't see homeless people in China. That's not true. I have seen one or two in the last year. Uh, they were clearly people with severe mental issues that yeah. they probably ran away on their own accord. They didn't want to be somewhere. I saw a guy yeah. who was talking to a street sign. So, but you know, like uh, in terms of like walking down the street, I could walk down the street every day for like yeah. three, four months and not see a homeless person before I see a home, someone who who clearly, you know, it doesn't belong like they're out on the sidewalk. But in America, you walk down the street and every day you're going to see people. You know, sometimes you'll see whole camps and stuff. So I don't understand and it frustrates me. How did you get rid of... all of these kinds of problems. How does China provide everyone with medical care so easily? How does China provide everyone with homes mm. so easily? And why is it that 
my country, which is roughly as wealthy as China, you know, uh, yeah. why can't they do it? Why can't we do it? Why can't we have that? What is going on? Why are our politicians not facilitating this for us? And this is something that frustrates me. Do you have any answers? Yeah, I think they're just, <laughs> I mean, this is a very complicated question to really answer. Yeah. Healthcare it is, is all the whole healthcare yeah. system. It's a vast topic, but you know, your story or your experience between the private care and the sort of the universal care here in China actually kind of illustrated the point a little bit because the private healthcare that the company bought for you is actually somehow referencing the healthcare system in the U.S. Because a lot of people talk about, mm. oh, you know, when I moved to the U.S., I get my private doctor, you know, like my people like the idea of having a family doctor, people, doctors who know everything that you've been through healthcare wise since you were a baby or just the fact that you could call someone to your house to check on you if you don't want to go to the hospital. Um, but the thing is, really? Wow, I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of people that, you know, if you're a little bit on the wealthy, the wealthy side of society, wow. you know. I think that's above middle class. That's upper class. Yeah. And then the TV shows and stuff. <laughs> My mom is not calling doctors who show up to her house. <laughs> right. Now it's more like, you know, the, your family doctor has their own clinic and you go to the clinic for stuff. And it's probably like an office that you described just now. And they'll have conversations with you. They'll ask you about your life. They'll ask about your family, all of that. And then, you know, maybe 10 minutes of the whole time that you're paying for is actually spent on diagnosis and treatments or whatever that they need to tell you for your health. In China, it's very, I get it. It's very like cutthroat. It's like, I'm not going to lie that there are people, they're it's very efficient because there are a lot of people that need attention, that they need help. So I guess one of the answers could be possibly, from my understanding, the Chinese government did and try to provide a plan that makes you feel like you're very specially protected. It makes the, instead, it kind of makes the biggest group, like the most possible people in society feel like that they are covered for their basic medical needs when they are in need of assistance. So like, you know, if you just need to go to the hospital for quick treatment, you can and you'll get it. Like people, if you're really sick, like you don't feel well today, you can just take half a day off from work tomorrow, you know, go to the hospital, you'll get the time with the doctor to see what's going on. They'll probably give your prescription and you could probably get it in the hospital on the day of right after your doctor's visit and you're done like go home or you need uh like an iv whatever you can just get it there it's really fast but it doesn't make you feel like oh my god i'm paying for a medical service i want to feel special i want that nice office i want my doctors to chat with me chinese doctors where's my hot water and yeah fish? yeah like chinese doctors will probably never you know quote unquote chat with you because there's like well they say hello. another <laughs> they do but they are not going to be like so how are you doing lately? Oh, what's your job? Unless that's they think that your job, your profession has a lot to do with what you're going through. They're not just going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, how's your family? Is your family here with you? Are they busy? Are they good? You know, they're not going to do all of those. So mm. some people don't like that kind of fact. They're like, well, we're going to see a doctor. I'm exposing something that's kind of private about my body and whatever. But Chinese doctors are kind of just like, OK, tell me your symptoms. I'll ask questions that are necessary. And there you go. Like done. Yeah. 
and they come back to me, but they will say they will do everything that a doctor is supposed to do, except for the chit chat part. So with that in mind, that's what we have when our employers pay for our basic medical treatment. And even you mentioned people living in rural area in the countryside who don't have like an employer per se. They have their own healthcare system as well to make sure that these people yeah. are also covered under the system. And they actually do make house. Yeah, yeah, they have clinics. Yeah, yeah, house yeah. Visits. They actually do go like door to door. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller cities as well. My grandma always had this doctor that comes over if she needs treatment or like an IV session for her asthma. And she just because she's older, like mm. they do things for people that are older and the people it's harder for people to walk. And if you just need like regular hospital treatments, but it's hard for you to just make the commute, they can send the medical assistance to your house. Well, I want to be fair because I do know that in some parts of America, I'm thinking of California. When I think of America, I oftentimes think of California because that's where I spent my 30 plus years. But they do have like mobile dialysis units. So they'll have like a van. Yeah. Like, you know, it looks like a large van and it has it's full of medical equipment, including a dialysis machine. And it will go from residence to residence, Mm. you know, seeing 10 or 20 people in a day and giving them dialysis to make sure that they stay alive. But oftentimes the problem. I want to eventually get to homelessness for the elderly, but I guess we're starting at hospitals, which is Mm. uh, the way I structured the show. But these cars will pull up and they help people. The problem is the cost. Mm. Everyone knows in the world and the United States, I'm saying something that is very obvious. If you are in the United States and you need medical care and you do have insurance, you're probably in a terrible situation where you may be in medical debt forever if you don't have like the most expensive medical insurance in the first place. So which is self-selecting. So you're all (laughs) already rich, great. You won't have medical debt because you already spent an enormous amount of money. Now, you're not in the upper class. Mm. You're not in the upper top five, 10%. Okay, well, now, even with insurance, if you have a serious medical problem, you may end up in medical debt for the rest of your entire life. And this is true, especially for the poorest people who have the least, the cheapest let's say, insurance or no insurance, which is a small sliver of the population, but still millions and millions of people, those people are most likely to end up paying medical bills forever if something... And this, when I say if something happens, we're human beings, we're we're made out of, you know, fleshy... All of us are going to eventually have medical problems that require serious interventions by the... Whether it's when we're 30 or whether it's when we're 55 or 60, it's going to happen. So this is an inevitability in the U.S., system that people become beholden. You know, it's like this. If you look at the list of the 20 most lucrative professions in the United States, more than half of Mm. them are in the medical industry. So the medical industry is making an enormous amount of money off of people. I don't think that's actually the case in China. I think, yeah, you probably do make a good life if you're a doctor, but you know, business people are going to be way out pacing medical folks in China. The system is not set up to make nurses and doctors and hospitals rich in China. The system is set up to make sure the maximum amount of people get care in China. And that's what we should be shooting for in the United States. I do kind of want to well, before we switch gears, I want to read a little bit from this article. This is um, okay. BuzzFeed originally reposted by Yahoo. This nurse mm. just called out everything that's wrong with American healthcare. Mm. I'm begging you to listen. That's the name of the article. September 10th, 2023. So one of the things that she points out is that 
quote, they will drop patients off in front of shelters oh my God. just like this. But sometimes they don't even take them to the shelter. Sometimes they leave them right outside of the hospital. This specific patient was left in this condition in 36 degree weather. So oh we're God. talking about the old lady who was dumped. And there's another one. They dumped my son like garbage on the curb. So they, that's another example. So she mentioned, well, so at least this is heartening a little because some people get to go to the shelter. Yeah. But like, I don't understand why that's not just there should be some kind of law. There should be obviously there should be humanity and they should. But obviously that's not working. So I guess our humanity is not as good as I thought it or hoping it was. But then now I guess we need a law so that people are literally not just dumped on the curb. Mm. But what she says is about the American social safety yeah. net. Quote, when you defund social programs, it all ends up in the ER. And that's what I really wanted to get with this article. Mm. She's pointing out the fact that America views government, in quotations, as different than a lot of other people in the world. Mm. Like if you look at Canada, if you look at China, if you look at Norway or Sweden or, you know, even some countries that don't have a lot of money, like they look at government as a tool to help society and help people in that society. But there is a philosophy among some Americans, and I'm saying probably 30% of Americans, just guessing, ballparking, that believe that government's entire responsibility should only be defense. And that's it. Just make sure that the country is able to be there. And then everything else should be philosophically run by business and selfishness and greed. And that is the foundation for how they see mm. what government should do for America. And these people are the reason America cannot have nice things. This is the reason people are dumped on curbs. This is the reason why that yeah. <laughs> in the richest country in the world, people end up in medical debt for their entire life. This is the reason that America is dysfunctional. No, Most other people in the entire world believe that government's responsibility should be to improve the lives of its citizens. Yeah. This segment of Americans believe that government's role should be to do not intervene in anything and to completely stay hands off. And basically, they just want a jungle with a border. And I think that we need to somehow convince this segment of Americans that for the sake of the rest of us and for them, too, that that's not a system worth having. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting is a lot of these people come from states that receive the highest amount of welfare. Uh, but then they're against welfare philosophically. California and New York, they spend the most on federal welfare programs, but they receive almost the least because they're very wealthy states. Mm. They go to the poorest states and guess where these folks are in the poorest states. Mm. So it's very ironic to me that the, a lot of the people who are located in the states that are receiving the most benefits from the federal government are usually where the populations believing that people should not receive <laughs> benefits from the government are. It's very frustrating. I want to talk about something by comparison. Let's just talk about China for a minute. I, when I was visiting Xinjiang, we went to some poor parts of province. I guess it's not a province. The region, yeah. The, the semi-autonomous region. Region, yeah. Yeah. So I was there. We were visiting places that were built by Anhui. And we were like, oh, what? This factory, mm -hmm. this school, they were gifts from yeah. Anhui province, which is a very a wealthier province yeah. by comparison. And so what I learned was from the people who were showing us these 
some of the, the free housing that was built for impoverished people there and the free schools that were built for some of the kids that were from the poorest regions that had computers and there were some of the best schools I've ever seen. They were through a system that China has where they link the poorest provinces with the richest provinces. So the absolute poorest province and the absolute richest province and then everything in between are interlinked in China so that the richest provinces are encouraged to take care of their sister mm. province our brother province and help them send school teachers, send doctors, send scientists, send money, send build projects for them so that the whole of society is raised up together. Now, this is just one of hundreds of kinds of initiatives like that that exist in China to help build up places that were formerly impoverished, but that are rising now into mm. being able to generate their own wealth. Because we mentioned factories, schools. That's not just pity. That is to build systems in those impoverished places where those people can then develop their own local economic activity and then build their own wealth internally. Yeah. The United States is nothing like this. Nothing at all. Okay, there are poor people, send them a check. There's we're defunding schools, we're defunding hospitals, we're defunding things in America everywhere because there are people with a philosophy in the United States that we should remove these tools because that's a waste of taxpayer money. You know what? That's not a waste of taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. Building a better America, a better economy, better people and taking care of our own people. Yeah. That is what the function of government should be in my opinion. I'm sorry, I've talked for a long time. <laughs> no, I mean, apparently it is a very important topic to spend time on. And it's just funny how you're saying the people that are receiving the most health care and all of the benefits are advocating for America just to be like a strong guy to flex their muscles in the world. And that's where all the money should go. But in the meantime, like if we want to compare and look at this and it's just a very different, it's just a very interesting question to see the difference between healthcare system in China and healthcare system in the United States. Over here, we call it the basic medical insurance plan right? The whole idea is basic. And I know you see all of these news and you see all of these ideas, things that are used by politicians as their leverage to get more support. And they argue for, for example, of course, if you have like universal health care that's immediately available to everybody, that's great. But financially, that's just kind of impossible to happen. Like you can't, this is the thing. People in China, you call them spoiled, call them whatever. A lot of people go to the hospital if they're just having like a bad fever. Like if you're just like, I don't feel well, I don't feel okay. When they do feel that, what they feel about the healthcare system is... What's a good word? Mm. Not comfort, but they're very comfortable to just go to the doctor, to the hospital for like a very minor treatment. Like I'm just, I don't know what's going on, but I'm having a fever. But at least when I go to the doctor and I yeah, tell them I have, I have like that. a professional opinion, I can come home. But that little action, even if you go and they say they drink hot water, it's like five kwai for a, like a, a number that you get for like a slot you get with drink the doctor. And then if you don't <laughs> need to have any prescribed medicine, you can go just go home. And then that's not something that you can just easily do in the United States. Like that's going to cost you quite some money, you know? Yeah, and then right. if you're not very careful with your copay for your yeah. insurance mm -hmm. plan that you pick for yourself or whatever, to be fair, I personally have never used what it, what do you call it? Medical? Private? No, the, the public Workers one insurance? in the States. I actually don't know what it's called. Oh, the public in the United States. I don't know what you're talking about. What public? Yeah, yeah. The, um, oh God, the, the not medical aid. Uh, what do you call it? 
I can't think of the name. I don't know. I don't think there is any public. There's not public medical in the United States. The Medaid or what? It's not called the Medaid. I can't. Okay, hold on. Medicare? Medicaid? Medica- I think that's for Medicaid. people in some states and some situations. Like, I think you get it after a certain age in some situations. Yeah. Yeah. I've personally never used anything like Medicaid. I don't know how much it covers. I don't know how easy it is for you to get stuff. I think the general consensus is you don't go to the hospital unless something is very wrong and yeah right but you've lived here for a long time you know we kind of just the bone is sticking out it's time to go to the hospital pretty much but in china people kind of just like let's go to the hospital like i want to go to the hospital i have a weird yeah 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 i was very surprised by that people were like oh i think i'm going to the hospital i'm like what's wrong with you <laughs> i don't I have, I have yeah or cold. like i'm coughing <laughs> i don't you know I'm, I'm coughing after i have a cold and people would go to the hospital and nowadays part of the money that people the citizens the employers and the residents pay towards the medical system also allow them to ask for professional doctor's opinion on WeChat or just online, you know, on these apps. Yeah. If you're just, for example, during COVID, it wasn't very convenient for you to always go to the hospital for Mm -hmm. like a weird cough and stuff. I had a cold. It wasn't COVID and I was coughing for like two weeks. That was kind of a long time and I got a little nervous. So I just like asked a doctor on WeChat and, you know, you can select the doctors and you could select the free ones, just a free consultation. You could pay two kwai for like what you call like a resident opinion, two kwai or three kwai. It's like dirt cheap. It's barely, it's basically free. And you tell them they are online talking to you and maybe some other patients, but still it's, it takes them like 30 seconds to get back to you when you ask them questions and you can describe and you can just chat to them as if they're sitting right across from you. And if needed, for example, I want to tell a slightly lighthearted story when it comes to this new online consulting. And I hope Jason and our listeners don't look at me different after I tell you this story. Cause um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other day I woke up and I looked at my fingers and my fingertips had different color. <laughs> and um, Oh goodness. Yeah. And I tried to wash it and it didn't go off. Yeah, that's and I was like, Oh no, my skin is changing color. This has got to be very bad disease you know oh god but i was like i can't go to the hospital today but i need to ask someone i need like immediate opinion so i opened that online consultation service through wechat or or, or racing and i got like a a little more expensive you know resident or doctor's uh, appointment and it's like I think 15 quai, which is $2. And wow, uh, so I know, oh my God, can you imagine? And then <laughs> I, I told the doctor, I said, my skin color changed. And then the doctor said, she didn't say anything else. She said, can you send a picture? And so I take a picture or you can take videos as well. I take a picture of my hand, a very high def picture of my hand. And I sent it to the doctor and I said, look, I woke up this morning and there's this yellowing spots on my fingertips and I tried to wash them and it didn't go off. The doctor looked at it. And I could almost, the doctor didn't have any specific way of saying what she said next, but I could almost see the look on her face. She said, it's probably just seasoning. What? (laughs) Did you eat like turmeric It's either turmeric or like soy sauce, you know, that you didn't know that you were touching. (laughs) And then like... And then she just said, just wash it a couple of times. And I was like, oh my God, are you sure? I was like, I tried to wash it. She's like, yeah, because I told her I discovered it this morning. So it's been sitting on my hand like overnight. So she goes, this happens. Just try to wash it. If it doesn't go off, then come back to me. And I try to wash it off. And 
have washed it off. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like those people who go to the doctors and say, my toe changed color. Um, and then it, my toe turns green. And the doctor goes, what's color of your socks? <laughs> like, how much do you pay for your socks? It's basically just the color of your socks washing off. But, you know, I'm able to, like, I we have these kind of things. And people do talk to these online doctors nowadays. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to go to the hospital physically, they can have this kind of service, like, immediately available, mostly for free. And when I had the cough as well, I told the doctor, I said, he asked me, like, did you have a cold? I said, yes. And then did you have, like, you know, symptoms during yeah. when you were still sick? And I said, yes. And then he asked me like maybe four or five questions. And he said, okay, the, don't worry. What you have is called this allergic whatever cough. So like your body is still allergic to something because your immune system was compromised when you're sick. Mm. And then he gave me, said, he said, but you've been coughing for two weeks. So take these coughing medicine instead of the other coughing medicine. And I went to the pharmacy. I got the medicine he told me to get. And it was like, I think like 40 quiet in total, which is again, less than $6. And then they took it for three days and, and it was it was cured. So, mm. you know, everything you're not going to be worried about going to the doctor and they're going to ask you questions. They're going to ask you to do a very simple test. And that's going to cost you like three hundred dollars because that's mm. below copay. Like the insurance company can step in. Yeah. Right. So people are not worried about that. So that's why you see people like, oh, I'm going to go to the hospital and see what's going on. And most of the time they come back saying, oh, I got some uh, medicine and I'm OK. And this is again, this is called the basic Medicare like insurance all of your basic needs will be covered and then if you have you know i hope we're all healthy and don't need a big surgeries and stuff but if you do need that then most people have their own commercial healthcare plans that can help you pay for uh, really really expensive surgeries or treatments what's interesting Mm. you mentioned really expensive surgeries or treatments and i almost had a very expensive Mm. surgery now they were going to I don't want to freak out our listeners. This was about two years ago, year and a half ago. They wanted to have a surgery where they went through my neck Ooh. and removed one of the uh, bones in my spinal I just, column. I just, I just, I just so had they a wanted shiver. to go through the front of my neck. Oh. I know it's, it, it was a very long, very. Uh, I didn't have to do it in in the end. I went okay, to, that's uh, good. Traditional Chinese medicine, and I had an alternative oh. uh, treatment. And I'm not trying to talk up traditional Chinese medicine on this show. The point is, they mm. were like, "Yeah, this is a very extensive surgery," and they were like, "This is going to cost maybe thirty thousand RMB." And so I was really shocked because when I looked at the same surgery in the United States, it can cost as much as half a million dollars. So oh for gosh. those of you who are paying attention, the thirty thousand RMB for the surgery that they wanted to have here in China, that's like five thousand dollars ish, four or five thousand dollars versus half a million dollars yeah. in the United States. So yeah. even when you have a quote unquote really expensive surgery in China, it's still going to cost way, 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 way less than it's going to cost in the United States. So yeah. that's a dramatic advantage. So when people look are comparing income in China and income in the United yeah. States, you can't just say, oh, people in the United States, they make like three or four times more or whatever it is. You have to realize that purchasing power parity, the cost of things in China. It, Yes. It's so much lower. The cost of food, the cost of entertainment, the cost of medical care, all these things, cost of universities, yeah. education, all this stuff is much, much more affordable in China. So that's why a lot of economists actually say China's economy is bigger than the United States because China's purchasing power parity is considerably more advantageous for each person. So people in mm. the, the Chinese economy is actually larger than the US economy in purchasing power yeah. parity by several trillion dollars, actually, because 
because things in the United States cost so much, the actual money that you have goes mm. quickly for all of the costs that you have in your regular life. So it, it's, it gets confusing for people who don't understand mm. economics, which is me too, but I understand enough to know that. Okay, so I wanted to continue on this vein of dumping patients. Hang on, sorry, my mouse only works. This is from It's Like I'm Worthless, mm. Troubleshooters Investigate Patient Dumping Allegations. And this is by John Bowl. On June 30th, 2023, mm. apparently people like concerned people like me or you, they went to see this happen where they dumped patients yeah. and to see yeah. physically this happened and to interview the people being dumped. So oh, wow. there was a patient that was dumped and this reporter, John Bowl, yeah. walked over to investigate and see what happened. And he said, what's wrong with you? And she replied, I have COPD. It's, you know, like diabetes. Mm. And she said, so they wouldn't treat you? And she said, the doctor talked to me for a minute. Oh, sorry, for one minute, she said. Mm. And I said, and told you what? And she said that I had to leave. So this is, uh, you know, another example where medical care is being denied to people who clearly, you know, they're in such a state that they can't function normally. So I wanted to go another thing. This is uh, mm. wasterhr.com. And this is countries with universal health care. Mm. So this is when they got yeah. universal health care. Australia, 1975. Austria, 1967. Bahrain, 1957. Belgium, 1945. Brunei, 1958. It just goes on. There's a list wow. of about, I don't know, a third of all countries in the world here, including Iceland, Ireland, Israel, it's mm. Italy, Japan, Kuwait, Luxembourg, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Portugal, Singapore, Slovenia, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, the United Arab Emirates, and the United Kingdom, all who have universal coverage yep. for their people. I didn't even list all of the names, actually. I want to make the show into mm. just a list of country names. But, yeah. you know, it's actually crazy to me that considering the wealth of the United States, that we don't have some semblance of that where we t could take care yeah. of our people. Now, I looked at the law for the United States in terms of taking care of people. And yes, there yeah. is a law that is passed that says that in the United States, that if you have emergency medical care needs, which is, you know, like you're having a heart attack, I guess, there are very specific ways that you must need medical care. It can't just be that you're really sick. Mm. It actually has to be a set of conditions. And if you have these conditions, if you rush into the ER, they will start helping you in whether you have insurance or not. But as soon as yeah. you know your condition is stabilized, the hospital has no legal reason to responsibility, exactly yeah. responsibility to take care of you. And they just so then it's just like yeah. unless maybe I don't know, you're in some kind of religious hospital and they're like, Oh, we feel sorry for you, or something like that. Or some kind of you know, some, some special circumstance where it's like general hospital and the doctors take pity upon you or something. But generally, yeah. if they don't have responsibility for you, okay, you stopped bleeding. Go. Yeah. Get out. Which is insane. To yeah, you're not going to run into those hot doctors that are always so kind to make pro bono cases like they do on Grace Anatomy. You know, and saying, oh, you can't pay. Nobody's going to pay for her. Let's pay for her. I'll pay for her. I'll pay for her like million dollar treatment. No, I wanted it's to ask some other questions that I didn't put in the mm. research. And you, you may not know. I think we can just talk about them generally. Like sure. in terms of elderly people in the United States and elderly people in China, mm. where can they go? You know, so. I have heard things like, firstly, Confucian values. So in China, people take care of their parents no matter what. Yeah. 
And that's not always the case in the United States. In the United States, there's very much a culture where like a lot of families will absolutely take care of their parents, but a lot of families won't. They'll be like, okay, mm. put you in a home or like, I don't know what happened to you. Or like, you know, if a person, a son or a daughter becomes uh, homeless and they have maybe some alcohol problems or drug related problems, a lot of families will just be like, and they can't take care of their parents. They'll yeah. just say, no, live on the streets. No, no, I wasn't even uh. talking about that. I was reversing it a little bit. Like, okay, go live on the streets. That's why we have homeless people because they're like, oh, I don't want her to live with me. She's an alcoholic or it could be her mom too. Yeah, it could be in either way, family. So, oh, she drinks or she uses mm. this drug. I'm not mm. going to take care of them. I don't want li them living in my home. But, you know, firstly, yeah, China no, doesn't no, have no, severe no. drug mm. problems at all, really. And, you know, there, there, it, there may be alcoholism, mm. absolutely. And you know, that's a kind of a global issue. But people take care of each other here. Like, so that's one of the reasons there's far less homelessness. Because like, okay, this person is family. I will take care of them. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's buying them a really cheap yeah. apartment somewhere far away. But they're, they're taking care of their family somehow. And a lot of families live together for generations, which is a known, what is the stereotype, which is not always true. So I want to throw that out there. Not all families do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in big cities, you kind of all have your own space right. and but you live close. And then a lot of people choose to be somewhat accessible to their families, whether it's from parents to kids generation or the other way around. You want to be it's part of the Chinese value, sort of the, the, something you grew up with. And yeah, of course, a lot of people are, like you can stand from as an outsider and looking in and say, oh, well, you have so much burden. But that's just part of the Chinese value that people grew up with. It's not something that's added onto their consciousness when they become an adult. So mm. a lot of people even think about, you know, what can I do for my parents? Like, how? what's the best way to arrange their life with ours? And a lot of parents nowadays, as you know, as time progresses, they get uh, more progressive as well. They're not going to be like, oh, you have to live with me. You have to like live in the same household so you can take care of me you can make sure they're like you know what we can find our own if like we can take ourselves like they're in good health conditions and, and when they're not we can find an IE which is like a, a nanny kind of person right like a housekeeper sort of that helps them during the day and they don't need help at night and they the housekeeper just comes in and help them cook a little bit clean a little bit do some errands for them and then they leave for a couple hours things like that like there are things like this in China that's very much available to a lot of people living in the cities let's talk about the cities first right living in the cities and mm -hmm. you can still be very close to your parents distance wise and then when they do need help you need you go over and help them and a lot more people of say my parents generation they're also saying you know what i don't want to live with you kids when we become older <laughs> when we can't take care of ourselves like we don't like you either <laughs> we want to be with our own friends and so they're and then the what do you call it again the nursing home is such a weird term like we in china we call it yang lao yuan which is kind of like the place that helps service to older people so it's not just like yang it's kind of like a comfortable way of living like i support you and then i'll make sure that your life is good and so it's that kind of institution and now Nowadays, all these nursing homes have really good facilities in bigger cities. So like, if people want to just go and uh, kind of have their place to live, people that give them professional medical attention if they need and people mm. cook for them and then they can meet their friends all the time and have all kinds of activities. That It's also very affordable and available to these older people. And if you're people that are living in the countryside, then you will most likely just be with your kids because you live with your kids and they can take care of you. And then like we said earlier, there are traveling doctors that go to different 
different houses at all time. It's just like something that it's how people live their life here. Right. And it's not, you know, it's not like I don't want people to hear this to be like, oh, my God, Chinese people have to go through these burdens. They have to deal with this like really heavy task. But it's just the society set up in a way. Yeah. I wanted to add that. Because I live in China. I plan on staying here forever. And my wife is Chinese. Yeah. And we've talked about it. And she wasn't even the one that talked about it. Yeah. You know, she didn't ever say, you have to take care of my parents yeah. or whatever. But like, you know, I don't mind, honestly. So I, I told her several times as the initiator of this discourse that, hey, when your parents, they can't take care of themselves, just have them move in with us. Why not? I don't care. That's fine with me. And I'm sure at, at some point. Oh, that's very, very nice. I'm sure you. that at some mm. point, like a decade after that's happened, we're not going to be able to. And so we'll have to probably, like yeah. you said, hire an I who is a professional with some sort of skills to come over and put the IV on them because there will be a point at which their conditions are no longer within our skill set. That is a reality that happens to old people. Mm. You know, it's not just uh, your pet mom that stays in the house at some point they need care that is become specialized and so that is going to be eventually the next yeah. step that a lot of folks have to take whether it's bringing them to the hospital like once a day to get like an iv or some nurse or someone yeah. comes over to administer some kinds of medical care that eventually yeah. is you know end of life services kind of level which uh is beyond most just ordinary people's ability yeah. but we actually offered my wife has a grandmother who lives lives in the countryside mm -hmm. in Shendo. We offered to yeah. let her move to Beijing. This was years She's ago. not gonna. Yeah, exactly. We were like, whoa, you're hobbling around <laughs> and you have to farm somewhat and you're cooking, you know, you're heating your home and, you know, we'll take care of you. Why yeah. don't you just move to Beijing? And she was like, not having that. No, I'm perfectly. Exactly. I knew that was going to be the response. In the countryside, like taking care of myself, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll come see you in Chinese New Year and that's it. Pretty much. Like, I don't want to deal with your stuff. There's a lot of video. There are a lot of videos on social media about like your parents or your grandparents that are living in the countryside and the kids are now living in the city and they think we have, we live in this nice, fancy apartment building and everything's big and grand and bright and, and you don't need to walk everywhere. You don't need a farm. You don't need to ride your little tricycle to get to places. Come and live with us. This is for your own good. Like we want you to have a better life. And they show the parent or the grandparent coming to the city and they just sit on the couch looking absolutely miserable. And so they're like, you know, come and live in this like fancy, nice apartment in the city where like you don't have to do any physical work. Da, 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 da. Like we want this for you because it's good for you. We want you to have a better life and, you know, emphasizing on the word better. And then they force the parent or the grandparent to come to the city <laughs> and you see the parent or the grandparent just sitting on the couch. It's not even sitting like as they melt into the couch in a, the worst way possible because they can't move and they don't. They're like nothing. Nothing has any a meaning anymore. Nothing is interesting. Like everything hurts and I don't want to go downstairs. I don't have friends. And then you show them and then you have to send them back to their hometown and you're like my grandma is 102 years old and she's still like pedaling on her tricycle and she looks absolutely just happy <laughs> and super energetic they're just used to staying in the environment that they're absolutely comfortable with what as sometimes what you think is best for them really isn't best for them in their own world and these people these older people if you go to the countryside there are a lot of these older people oh my god they can do a lot of things like they yeah heating the house i can heat all of your houses pretty much like oh <laughs> you know i'll get the wood and everything i'll do it all by myself and that makes them feel like absolutely very healthy and very happy well so i guess 
that's part of it is that there is family that takes care of family here. I see, so in terms of going bringing it back to the original topic a little bit, in the United States, I think a huge part of the problem is, I guess it's a chicken and the egg debate. People are like, okay, the people who live on the streets oftentimes have severe drug problems. Mm. And so there's a, a philosophy in America that they need to be able to kick their drug problems before they are moved into you know, low-income housing or move back in with their family. Yeah. And so a lot of family are like, no, 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 she needs to kick her drug habit or her alcoholism before I can take care of. She can't live with me with that kind of severe issue. And so this is an issue that does not exist on the same scale that it exists in China because there isn't yep. a huge drug problem here. I propose as an American a couple of things. Number one, provide housing first. Mm. I mean, it doesn't have to be like with their family. If they're uncomfortable, they have kids around. Yeah. Grandpa is has some sort of serious alcohol problem. I get it. But like the state, our government should be providing, you know, housing to people who have no homes. There are 600,000 homeless people in the United States, and we need to be taking care of that. And there needs to be some sort of transitional housing. And even if they have a mm. severe problem, they need to be given a home because that is when they're going to be able to kick the problem. You think they're going to be able to kick like alcoholism on the streets when they're like warming themselves yeah. around like burning fire in an alley with their friends? No, there's no way they're ever going to kick alcoholism under those circumstances. Mm. But you give them a home and then maybe they can start to wean themselves off of these chemical dependencies, which they're probably initiating in a, a lot of cases because they're living yeah. on the streets. So that's just my opinion. You know, obviously, the United States is a very complicated place where laws don't get passed in any meaningful ways to change anything, not in, at least in my lifetime. So <laughs> I'm not holding my breath on this, but I am talking to my fellow Americans. Maybe, you, you know, there's something if you're wealthy out there, maybe you could build some homes that rehab slash housing for people without homes, because you look around the world and there are homeless problems in some countries and there are not homeless problems in some other countries like the like China. Mm. What is China doing, you know, in terms of providing homes like in uh, Sichuan, there are homes that are built for free and sometimes they cost as much as 10,000 whole RMB. So if you're listening for some people who have been moved yeah. from terrible conditions to new apartments. This is an apartment. It's 10,000 RMB. That's like a thousand five hundred, a thousand dollars. That yeah. is insane. So they get an apartment for practically nothing. Or in some cases, like in Pishan County and in Sichuan and in Ningxia, in some cases, they're just given apartments completely free. Mm. And they're oftentimes given stipends from the local and central governments to help them, you know, again, and they're given training. Yeah. Scientists come, agronomists come, teachers come, they help build economies. They teach local farmers in the countryside how to use their cell phones to find the best markets to market their product. Mm. Now they're not just selling their local tomatoes or whatever it is to the local consumers. They're selling them to the most ex expensive markets in China. And they're actually getting far more money for their products. They're integrating them into the national and international economies in some cases, and they're helping them build wealth for themselves. They're not creating people who are dependent upon the government. They're using government wealth to create wealth growth in the poorest these counties. People. Yeah. These are the kinds of solutions that we need to look at in the United States. There are people who say, oh, don't just send them a welfare check. I agree. Don't just send them a welfare check. Give them training. Yeah. Give them education. Give them economic exactly. opportunities. Give them jobs. That way they can become... Yeah. No one wants to just receive a welfare check. No one with dignity anyway. People want 
to feel hmm. like their contributions to society matter. So make them a part of the national economy in the United States. We can learn yeah. from China. I think a lot of Americans need to take the blinders off about China and begin to explore the, you know, some of the advantages that China has over the United States and begin to deploy those in my country. Anyways, I'm sorry. I've I've given my my lecture, my speech. I'll get down off of the box. <laughs> okay. Uh, we yeah. probably run. Uh, do you have any last thoughts? I guess what we're trying to, what the whole conversation this episode, it proves one thing that healthcare, the healthcare topic is not a standalone topic. It's not a standalone problem right. in, in any society. Yeah. It's absolutely integrated into how the whole society runs. If you just see one person that's being right. treated unkindly or unfairly at hospitals or under the healthcare system, which should be a basic right for citizens of any country, mm. yes. try to get help them and get some professional help and, and help them find a place to go. That's the least we can do. And then most we can do pay more attention to this kind of topics in the future and see maybe there is something that you can participate in to make it better for yourself and other people that you haven't realized. Do you have unique solutions to homelessness? Please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com and share your ideas with us. Oh, you want to disagree with Jason? We're happy to hear that too. And we will read your comments on the air. We love the bridge at gmail.com. Thank you for your time, listeners. Thank you for your time, Alex. Thank you, Jason. And thank you, everybody. Thank you.